History made the two tribes of civil war politics in an unprecedented rotation of the Taoiseach's office. The comeback kid will Leo Varadkar's second stint keep the coalition on an even keel. And halfway there is the tri-party coalition living on a prayer or will it go the distance? Good afternoon and welcome to Saturday with Colm O'Mungain coming to you live this lunchtime from Buswell's Hotel beside Leinster House on a historic day in Irish politics. And please do get in touch if you want to be part of the conversation today. You can text us on 51551, email Saturday at RTE or tweet at Saturday RTE. I'll be joined over the course of the next hour by a number of political guests and analysts. But first, let's bring you up to speed on the latest from the Dáil. Our reporter, Barry Lennon, is standing by, standing on the pavement, talking about the government. Barry, what's going on at the moment? Yes, just here at the entrance to Leinster House, where in the past few moments we have a, a new Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, elected by the Dáil uh, as the next Taoiseach by 87 votes to 62. Among those to support of independent TDs, Cahill Berry, Mark McSharry, uh, Peter Fitzpatrick, Noel Grealish, Dennis Nocton, among those to oppose him, on, uh, and Michael Lowry, and among those to oppose him on the independent ranks, uh, Sean Canny and Marion Harkin. So Leo Varadkar just been uh, elected Taoiseach here literally in the past few moments moments. He's addressing the doll at the moment. His supporters gathering here at the entrance to Leinster House. A real sense uh, of anticipation as he's to exit here uh, in the, over the next few minutes and make his way to Oris and Uchtaron where he'll receive his official seal of office, Mr Varadkar. Uh, this coming of course earlier after the resignation of Michal Martin, the official resignation of Michal Martin around half past nine. And Mr Varadkar will then return here uh, to appoint uh, his new cabinet or uh, maybe it mightn't be so new, but that will be laid before the House around tea time with the debate continuing here throughout the night. Uh, he's been here before, but this morning, those who nominated him and those who criticised him, just recap on that for us. Yeah, th- those nominating him were Richard Bruton and seconded by Emer Higgins, who compared Mr Varadkar to Santa Claus, that he always will deliver. Uh, those who uh, supporting him, those uh, saying how go- good he is, uh, based- saying... Uh, Sorry, just uh, saying that uh, he has been here before. He's experienced across five government departments. Now, there were criticisms uh, of him as well and indeed of the government's handling of the housing crisis in particular. Richard Boyd Barrett of Solidarity People Before Profit saying he would oppose Mr Varadkar as Taoiseach with one in five uh, citizens of the country at risk of poverty and over 3,400 children spending Christmas in emergency accommodation. Uh, Sinn Féin uh, commending Mr Martin uh, for, for... for his time in office, but at the same time saying they couldn't support the nomination of Leo Varadkar as Taoiseach because he's been at the centre of all the crises which have engulfed the country over the last while, while Matty McGrath was also relatively caustic in his remarks uh, of Mr Varadkar as well, comparing the change of Taoiseach to Lanigan's ball. That reference was done a few times throughout the course of the morning and accused Mr Varadkar of being, quote, a young globalist leader who is trying to destroy the power of democracy. Uh, so a, a reasonable civility here, a standing ovation for Michal Martin and sustained applause. But nonetheless, the political punch and Judy show, if you will, continuing uh, here as Mr Varadkar elected Taoiseach. Punch and Judy getting almost as many mentions as Tweedledum and Tweedledee, Barry. We can yes, hear nearly some had bingo. Ac- <laughs> we, we, we can hear some activity behind you there. There were some protesters uh, gathered this morning. What's the size of the protest and what are they protesting about? 
Yeah, it's it's hard to see from my own vantage point here, but it does seem that there are uh, scores of, of protesters here just outside the perimeter of Leinster House protesting uh, over the government's handling of the cost of living crisis, uh, the cost of cri- a coalition uh, of various groups coming here to, to protest against that and also the handling of the housing uh, situation as well. Uh, the protesters saying um, involved here saying that rents in Ireland have risen uh, exponentially compared to the rest of Europe. Also protesters uh, from the loyalist community of Belfast here as well uh, over the Northern Ireland Protocol and Mr Varadkar's uh, handling of that in his previous term as Taoiseach. Of course Mr Varadkar, the first uh, Fianna Gael, uh, leader to return as Taoiseach or regain the office of Taoiseach if you will since Garrett Fitzgerald in the 1980s. So those uh, protesters here as well from the north. Right, a rather unusual situation if they were uh, if they were to be mourning the passing, at least uh, metaphorically, of um, Mihal Martin. But well, we're going to hear a bit from the doll from earlier, Leo Varadkar himself, after the successful election as Taoiseach. Basque and Corla, I want to take this opportunity to commend Mihal Martin on the leadership that he showed as Taoiseach, for putting the country before politics and for providing reassurance and hope during difficult times. In 2020, the incoming Taoiseach was unable to have his wife and family with him at the convention centre as he received the greatest honour of his life. That too was leadership, and I'm really glad that they're with us today. During the pandemic, we all saw the best of each other, and it meant that the new coalition was born in a spirit of togetherness and hope. And I intend that spirit to continue as we implement with our partners in the Green Party the agreed programme for government. I'd also like to thank my family, friends and staff. Thank you for your work, your love and your support. When we enter public life, we choose that path. Our loved ones do not. And I want you to know that my work as Taoiseach is driven by your example and I intend to honour your confidence in me. I also want to thank in particular my constituents in Dublin West for giving me the opportunity to serve as a TD and for electing me on four occasions. All of us, whether we're ministers or leaders or opposition spokespeople, know that our mandate ultimately derives from the people who vote for us on election day. And for that, I remain eternally grateful. And that was Leo Varadkar speaking just a short time ago in in the Dáil. Barry, of course, it was Micheál Martin's departure today as well, uh, sounding a somewhat emotional note as he announced the end of his term as Taoiseach. Yes, uh, Mr. Martin subsequently taking to Instagram to pr- signal out his wife Mary for her support during his time in office. His, his voice wavered as he thanked the people of Cork, whilst he also said that the resilience shown by communities across Ireland during the COVID-19 pandemic will live with him uh, for the rest of his life. Now, as I speak, several of Leo Varadkar's supporters are now lining the main uh, door into Leinster House. Loads of senators, a few local councillors from the Fine Gael ranks as well also here uh, to see their their man elected Taoiseach once again. So that's happening right now. Uh, Mr Martin, he was widely praised by some of his own colleagues and indeed by some of the opposition as well during the course of the proceedings here, uh, including the Social Democrats co-leader Catherine Murphy, who thanked him for his uh, support and office. Ironically, Mr Martin um, getting the job perhaps after a disappointing 2020 general election campaign. Uh, he's leaving the job as the officially the most popular leader of a political party in Ireland. So really showing you how, how strange the, the world of politics can work. And several Fine Gael TDs now exiting the, the main door here at Leinster House as they send off their leader and new Taoiseach to Aura Sanuchtron.
Right. All gazes of adulation all round, or are there some amongst the preemptive, at least people preempting disappointment amongst those you're looking at at the moment? Uh, yeah, well, a few of a, a beaming smile, all right. Uh, Jennifer Carroll McNeil exiting here with a, a big smile. She is one of those tipped for promotion to the junior ministerial ranks, um, uh, which will be announced next week. That's perhaps where most of the political intrigue will revolve rather than the reshuffle or the mini shuffle, as it's been dubbed, that we will get later on. Uh, but they all are looking pretty happy. Uh, some have expressed private reservations about Mr. Varadkar's premiership, of course, uh, in particular in recent weeks after the more recent revelations. Uh, around the SIPO uh, investigation into his leaking of a confidential document to a friend and also the video uh, which went viral on social media. So there have been private grumblings, but at the moment it's a, it's a happy family photo we have here. The Fine Gael TDs uh, forming a guard of honour at the moment. Uh, also here, Mr Varadkar's parents, um, his partner Matt Barrett exiting now as well, as well as his sister too. Uh, so all the supporters getting ready and all happy families on the, right. on the surface at least. Before we let you go, Barry, just fill us in on what the schedule is for the rest of the day on this. What's the choreography? So uh, the dawn is adjourned now uh, for four hours until five o'clock. Mr. Varadkar goes off uh, to Orosanukhtaran to receive his official seal of office. He'll have a, a meeting with uh, Michael D. Higgins. Michal Martin, of course, met him earlier. Um, and then there's a choreography for there, Mr. Uh, the new Taoiseach will come back. Uh, the cabinet will be appointed. This will be proposed to the House around five o'clock. The names will be read out. A vote will take place, as will a debate. And then, presuming that goes through, uh, the cabinet then head off to Oros and Uchtaran to receive their seals of office and they'll be presented to Michael D. Higgins in order of seniority and they will then have their first cabinet meeting uh, as the new cabinet uh, there at Oros and Uchtaran. All right, thanks very much Barry Lenehan from joining us from outside of Leinster House. Well, I want to introduce you to the panel that's with me here today. Pippa Hackett, Green Party Senator and Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture. Pierce Doherty will be joining us, Sinn Féin TD for Donegal and Party Spokesperson on Finance and Alison O'Connor, Columnist with the Irish Examiner. Good afternoon uh, to you all. Alison O'Connor, to you first. Fine Gael's day, but Leo Varadkar is also a second coming and a second chance. Yeah, it, it, it's been, I think it's been a really interesting morning. I suppose if you, if you live long enough, you, you see everything, just the notion now that the entire Fianna Fáil parliamentary party, including the former Taoiseach, just voted for a Fine Gael Taoiseach. I think in some ways we, um, with everything else that's going on in the world and around us over the last couple of years, we, we don't necessarily see the significance and symbolism of, of that. Um, I think with the passing passing of that power this morning uh, I think Michal Martin as Barry was saying did seem genuinely emotional it was interesting to see that he got a standing ovation from everyone bar unsurprisingly people before profit although just there now um, it, me, Leo Varadkar as the new Taoiseach got a standing ovation but that did not include Sinn Féin um, and I suppose that is going to show the um, how things are going to be going forward. It also struck me that for both men and ministers, a number of TDs would have left. It was quite a long haranguing, a long, an opportunity for the opposition to really harangue the government uh, um, on everything from, you know, gen generally housing, health, I suppose, being, being the main issues. Um, and that they had to basically sit there and listen to that. Like usually on a day like today, there's a new Taoiseach, the new cabinet. It's a sense of a new beginning, whereas today it's the sense of a handover and that continuity. So therefore, you're, while Eamon Ryan, the leader of the, the Green Party, talked about a captain's armband being, being handed over, 
it did in the eyes of those, I think, who would think, same old, same old, what is this government going to do for me? Anything they witnessed today won't have changed that sense. And Mary Lou MacDonald certainly um, honed in on that in her speech. And I think the speech was particularly, um, I suppose, harsh on, on uh, not particularly harsh, but I suppose uh, there was a lot of material there on Leo Varadkar, not least that she mentioned the, the leaking of this document uh, when he was Taoiseach. And interestingly, just interesting to see that after her, uh, the leader of the Labour Party, Ivana Bacic, did not. It just shows a difference in tactics, or I suppose really going, Mary Lou MacDonald, as she is wont to do, really going for it, and maybe Ivana Bacic holding back a little bit. All right, okay. Well, one, one last thing, I would just say one last thing that I've just, I was going to say, well, not hot off about the presses, but hot off my phones. After a day of no surprise at all, and nobody anticipating any surprise, I have just heard that apparently there is going to be a surprise, but I'm afraid I... I don't know on which on which side. Okay, so we well, have that to look forward. Well, well, thanks for that. Thanks for not downplaying. At least some of the events will be here later on for the sake of the listeners who are very keen to hang on to. Well, we're joined from our Dáil studio by Richard Bruton, Fine Gael TD for Dublin Bay North and Chairman of the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party. Uh, Richard Bruton, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Colm. You nominated uh, Leo Varadkar today. There are the mutterings, I suppose, around Leo Varadkar and that issue at SIPO and the leaked document. They were raised in the Dáil today by Mary Lou MacDonald. How is the timing of that as Leo Varadkar takes on the office of Taoiseach a slight, uh, I suppose, tarnish to the overall occasion? No, I think uh, Mary Lou MacDonald misread the mood. Um, I think she persisted with this personal vilification of Leo and his motives, uh, creating a caricature that she wants to persistently attack, uh, portraying him as some sort of an evil one. I I simply thought it misread the mood, uh, not only of the country, but of the house. Leo was, you know, getting that office with his parents sitting in the gallery. uh, And I think this is persisting with the character caricature that no one believes. Uh, so it's straight out of some playbook I, I thought was inappropriate. Um, I thought Leo was very dignified in his acceptance speak, speech. He was humble, uh, but at the same time, he clearly said, you know, things are going to, he's going to emphasise certain things and bring you know, his influence in the Taoiseach's office to bear on things like the housing uh, crisis, climate and biodiversity, energy, children who are losing out. And you know, I, I think a new uh, incoming Taoiseach needs to be given uh, the oxygen to do that. And I, right. I, I have confidence that he will make a significant difference, but he's still part of a team that's been there uh, and is making good progress. And I think he recognises that too. And there's no concern about two senior state officials that are on the Standards and Public Office Commission in the form of the Controller and Auditor General and the Ombudsman expressing their reservations about not initiating at least a preliminary inquiry. No, a decision has been made by that group. Uh, That issue is now over. That's that's the the reality. Uh, They they, they made a decision not to to pursue this uh, on the evidence before them, and that decision has been made. Uh, Now we have a lot of grave challenges in this country. We're trying to manage at a time of unprecedented global uh, uncertainty. Uh, people are worried for their, their future and, and they want to see the government you know, working hard to, to secure and protect people uh, in the way that, I think, to be fair, uh, they've shown a capacity to do in, in, under Micheál Martin. 
Right. Is he? Is there any reservations, or are there any reservations about him leading you into the next general election? Because he is not the new guy anymore, and he has proven himself not to be quite the vote winner that may have been hoped for when he was initially elected leader and Taoiseach. No, I think there is no doubt, but uh, Leo will lead us into the next general election. Uh, clearly, uh, a general election that is fought you know, when people are still nursing wounds from different reversals, it is difficult for any government. Uh, but, you know, the reversals such as, the, you know, the financial correction, the COVID, the Ukraine, these are realities that governments have to cope with and manage and try to portray what they're doing uh, as being the safe and resilient way to build the country's capacity to, to, to resist these very difficult challenges. And I think that's what they will do. Now, whether the electorate um, you know, will, will find favour on what the government is doing, I think the jury is out on that. Well, last uh, time they got their chance to speak, Fine Gael lost 15 seats in the general election, didn't do well in the local elections, only did OK in the European elections and have lost five by-elections in his time as leader. I know, but if you look at the history of parties who have been in government uh, over the last decade of of, of trauma, uh, you know, Fianna Fáil lost 75% of their seats from their peak Labour, 85% of their seats from their peak. We've lost 55% of our seats. Some parties have been wiped out and, and rebuilt. You know, it has been a very volatile time uh, because people are genuinely hurting. And our job is to try to create the... the, the, the political structures and the institutional arrangements that protect people. Uh, and that's what Leo, I think, in his very simple speech outlined, that he is entirely committed to work on those things that will make a difference, that in 10 years' time, you know, it is crucial that we get these things right. And that's right. What, what he said. And I think, uh, I think his pledge was, was clear. And when he was going round the houses to ask people if they were standing the next time, did you assure him that you are standing the next time and given your longevity in Irish politics, why are you standing? Well, I think I love politics. Um, I, I'm absolutely committed to the challenges that lie ahead of us. I, you know, put a lot of work into the climate agenda. I continue to work on that committee. I've put a lot of work into the enterprise agenda. I continue to work on, on that. And I have the same passion today for politics as I had the day I came in here. Uh, and perhaps a little bit more wisdom to go with it. All right. Any hopes for elevation? Uh, I have no such hopes, uh, but uh, I, I know that uh, you have confidence in the team that uh, okay. is around the three leaders. And, you know, I'll be working with them to make sure that I add my little bit of contribution to their hope for success. All right. Well, let's hear from the... Thanks very much, Richard Bruton, for thanks joining us. Much, let's Con. hear from the uh, leader of the opposition, Mary Lou Macdonald, and what she had to say in the doll earlier. Leo Varadkar believes that power puts him beyond accountability. This is the view held by the man who now returns to the office of Antishik, the man who recently told young people fo forced away from Ireland by his policies that the grass isn't always greener in other countries, the man who invited exploited renters to remember that one person's rent 
is another person's income. The man who advised a generation locked out of home ownership to borrow from their parents for a mortgage deposit. The bank of mammy and daddy. These are the views that emphasise loud and clear that Fine Gael and their friends in Fianna Fáil have been in power for far too long. They are out of touch, out of ideas and out of time. Micheál Martin has resigned as Taoiseach and the government dissolved. We should now have a general election. Pierre Star, that was Mary Lou Macdonald speaking earlier. Pierre Starty, Sinn Féin spokesperson on finance. Mary Lou Macdonald saying that there should now be a general election and yet she wasn't nominated uh, for Taoiseach. Well, that's clear because we wouldn't have the votes um, to, to, to elect her as Tisha. But it is also clear that since the last general election, and we've seen the demand for change in that election where Sinn Féin were returned as the But the numbers party. didn't stop you having a confidence vote in Dara O'Brien as housing minister. Uh, of course, because we, would be, we wanted to make it very clear that we have no confidence in, in, in Dara O'Brien. And we also made it clear that we have no confidence in Leo Varadkar. We voted against Leo Varadkar being a Tisha today. And why did we vote against Leo Varadkar? It's nothing personal in relation to Leo Varadkar. It's a big day for him. It's a big day for his family. I've personally congratulated him on the elevation to the, to the role of Tisha. But he's not some you know new kid on the block. He's been here, as Mary Lou outlined in the speech, he's been at cabinet, a cabinet table for the last 11 years. He's overseen as senior minister, as Tisha, as Tanisha, the housing crisis that is completely out of control, that has robbed a huge amounts of people in terms of an opportunity to, to own their own ho- home or even to live in this country now with so many people emigrating. We have a huge crisis in it, health, it's, which it's, is overseen. It sounded personal because arguably the best thing that could happen from the point of view of the point of attack that was outlined by uh, Mary Lou Macdonald is that you have a Fine Gael Taoiseach because Fianna Fáil hardly got a mention in her speech. Well, first of all, today was a day of two halves. It was the the Tisha, the Tisha going out uh, and Michael Martin, and we congratulated the Tisha on the work he done in terms of the per, in, in terms of his uh, personal the, the 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 achievement of being Tisha over the last two and a half years. But today was about electing a new Tisha. That's why the doll was really convened, and therefore it is for our job to make sure that this kind of loving between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, uh, you know, where they're all slap back slapping each other and you know carving power up for themselves as the done for the last 100 years, that we actually take some home truths here. And the home truths are that this there is a massive crisis in terms of housing that this government has created and has accentuated. The health crisis with a million people on waiting lists has gotten worse under the leadership of Leo Varadkar in this government. And that's why we believe that this today's change will mean nothing to ordinary people out there. There's no change in policy. There's no change in direction. And therefore, people out there, as we see reflected in the opinion polls time and time again, people demand change. People want more change and that's why we believe that a general election and yet those is, same, is what is And yet those needed. same opinion polls gave Micheál Martin 46% as the most popular leader. I think they put his party in on, on third place and have consistently put our party as the most popular party in the country. And look, we're not getting carried away with that at all. We recognise that we've a lot of work to do. As long as we are in opposition, our job is to force the government into positions where they don't want to be, areas where they never thought they would be in. For example, introducing a rent credit. You know, they, they poured cold water over that. They suggested it wouldn't work. Now we've pushed them into that. Areas in terms of the cost of living, just yesterday, trying to force government into, into assisting mortgage holders as they're seeing interest rates 
rates in some cases rise to 7%. Right, but That's uh, the job of opposition, but more importantly for us as well is to be prepared when there is a general election to make sure that the change that people want uh, is delivered upon, because in my view, it will only be through a change of government that we will deal with the health, housing crisis, that we will deal with the health crisis, and that we will put ordinary people uh, at the centre of it. And I know it's very uncomfortable for the likes of Richard and Fine Gael to hear the issues of, of, of one of the defining moments of the last two and a half years, but it was the leaking of that document. And Leo Varadkar admitted he leaked it. He admitted that he went to great details. He had a career to the to government jet. He admitted he... And, and yet the Standards and Public Office Commission saw fit not to proceed with the investigation. Do you accept their, 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 their ruling on that? I, of course I accept an independence body, but I also accept I, I accept that there were two senior people in that uh, in that uh, committee who had a very Sure, but it's not the European Commission. They no. don't require no, unanimity. No, but I, I've already accepted it. and But I accept that there are two very senior people who actually disagree with the, with the uh, argument that Leo Varadkar put forward, which was that as Tisha, he could not be held accountable on this issue by the standards in public right. office. And I think for all of us in public office, that is a serious issue, right. that we now have a Tisha who believes that he is above accountability in terms of support. Pippa Hackett, uh, the Green Party, did they have any concerns about this? Concerned, as you normally would say, uh, about ethics, no more than any other party, but perhaps a particular selling point for the Green Party. Did this create any ripples amongst your members? Um, no, I think, as, I mean, at the, at the time we were waiting for the process to take place. I mean, that, that has happened. Uh, you know, the, 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 the SIPO have, have, did not follow through on, on, you know, to have it anyway further investigated. And um, I think, you know, we accept the, the, the judgment, if you like. We accept the, the, and we move on. We don't keep harping back and looking back, let's see what else we can dig up a few years prior. So, I mean, the process was followed, it was completed, and, and we move on. And, you know, our focus in government and, and you know, for the next two years, hopefully, is to, to build on what we've what we've created together as a three-way coalition, um, I think it's worth saying that today is very very historic day um, for all sorts of reasons. And to be honest, this government itself is historic. I mean, Sinn Fein go on about governments of change, but this is quite a changed government. It took six months, or sorry, you know, over five months to, to come to come come about. You know, when you think, look back to the general election and, and to the end of June, we spent what five or six weeks negotiating it. It's a massive big program for government. We've done a lot of the heavy lifting as a coalition with three parties in government um, and, and you know we've got lot, you know more to do as they say but uh, we've two years to do that and uh, we'll, we'll focus on working together to deliver that and you know I think it is it, it's it's good to um, I think I think Micheál Martin has been a, a fantastic shock. he has you know and I think uh, Richard Bruton actually outlined the, the you know the the necessities to be a Taoiseach, you know, strength of character, courage. Um, and I thought this was great, you know, restless curiosity. And I think all three leaders have that. They all work really well together. And um, I, I, you know, look forward to, to hopefully, you know, working under Leo Vradker too as Taoiseach and we can continue the work we've done. All right, we'll be hearing more from our political panel, including Niall Collins from Fianna Fáil after this break. Saturday with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1. You're listening to Saturday with Colm O'Mungan and still here with me in Buswell's Hotel is Green Party Minister of State Pippa Hackett, Sinn Féin's Pierre Stoherty and Alison O'Connor, columnist with the Irish Examiner Richard Bruton has left us and we're joined now by Niall Collins, Minister of State at the Department of Further and Higher Education and Fianna Fáil TD for County Limerick. Niall Collins, thanks for joining us. Micheál Martin, 46%, the party lagging far behind that. He won't be Taoiseach anymore. He won't be enjoying the same prominence. Will he be still the same asset as leader leading into the next general election? Absolutely. I think he's a huge asset as party leader to us. I think he's demonstrated, particularly over the last two and a half years as Taoiseach, um, excellent leadership qualities. And I think 
outside of the political bubble, what's most important from all our perspectives is the public have really got confidence in him. I think the way that he dealt with the pandemic, the way he's dealt with the aftermath of the pandemic, the way that he's um, steered government uh, for the last two and a half years, he's shown um, a depth of experience which people have recognised and, and that's feeding through in the figures that you've quoted for me there. So from my own uh, my own perspective, my own personal view is he's absolutely the right man to lead us into the next general election. Um, that'll be in two years' time. This is only the halfway midpoint within this government. Uh, Michal Martin has been really key in saying to us as ministers and to government that it's about delivery. There's a very ambitious programme for government and he has been driving... Well, on, on that, on housing, on health, the, the likes of, of waiting lists, you will be going to the electorate in yeah. two years' time on that. What are you going to say to them? Well, we'll, we'll be pointing out to, to the electorate, for example, the housing for all policy is uh, the first significant housing policy of any government uh, since this state uh, was formed over 100 years ago in terms of the depth and the breadth and the, the level of funding which has been um, applied to the housing for all uh, policy. There is huge uh, programme of delivery right around every local authority area in this country. I, I'll just give you an example of my own local authority in Limerick, Limerick City and County Council. There's about 5,500 people on the housing waiting list. There's about 2,500 uh, local uh, social and affordable houses in, in delivery at the moment, in planning, in procurement, in construction. Significant delivery. And that is happening right around the country. And we want to see... Planning and we, procurement, but commencements for next year are down. And, and uh, if you take the, the flip side of the barometer, uh, commencements over the last number of years have been way up. We've seen record levels in construction. Of course, there are challenges within construction, but the delivery of homes is happening. Uh, real people, real family, real families are going into real houses. That's the reality. Of course, the opposition will keep pointing to the negatives, but I want to point it's out... It's not their job. Absolutely. And my job is to point out that there is a huge level of construction activity has been going on for the last number of years and the pipeline for housing is delivering. I can see it right across my own constituency, right across the country. The facts and the figures are there. Yes, of course, there is challenges that we've got growing population. There are challenges in relation to supply chains and inflation and challenges, for example, that my, construction own, workers. That, that my own department are meeting in terms of delivering uh, and training construction workers. Are you right meeting them? Because I think there's 8,000 apprentices waiting for their off-site training. Absolutely. And that's a backlog which uh, which uh, developed over COVID because we had challenges during COVID. That backlog uh, in terms of that number of cohort of people. Uh, well, apprentices on that waiting list would say that, that backlog has gone back a lot further than COVID. No, no, absolutely. The the backlog is reducing. We put huge resourcing into creating additional training places, creating additional capacity in our colleges of further education and training and in hiring new trainers to, to address the backlog. We've expanded, we, we, we've totally revolutionised, for example, the whole area of apprenticeships. There's now 66 different formalised apprenticeship offerings for people out there with a further 20 in development. So you can go right across all of the different uh, government uh, departments, agencies of state where there's been an ambitious uh, programme of delivery. If you look in agriculture, CAP, which Pickett could speak to in my own department, we've delivered uh, on apprenticeships on technological universities. Right. You look at the area of health where there's huge capacity being, being now uh, built into uh, much needed capacity into our health services. So right across uh, all of the, the agencies and the departments of state. Michal okay. Martin has driven the agenda of change. Pierce Doherty, the government housing for all, four billion um, put in to back that up. That's about a billion more than, than your own figures on, on housing. And the issue around people 
actually getting trained to get into construction work, that's not going to be something that's solved overnight to meet the ambitious targets you've set. First of all, it's not a billion more. Our, what we argue in our alternative budget is on top of what is already committed. So we have argued consistently for a more expansive delivery of social and affordable housing and cost rental. We believe that the state should have been targeting in the region of 20,000 social and affordable and cost rental units per year for the next five years. The targets that the government have set are woefully inadequate, and that's why we have the housing crisis that we have. Now, I know government's job is to put a spin on this here, but this issue is of huge and dire consequences, not just to people who want to access homes, have a place to rent, have a secure place to live, but also now it is affecting education, it is affecting health, it is affecting business here. Business cannot expand because of the, their, their employees can't get work, and they're telling us this very clearly. The commencements have dropped off a cliff. They have gone down by 8,000 euro, or 8,000 uh, commencements in the last five months. This has been happening month on month uh, since about the middle of this year. That means there's going to be less houses de uh, delivered next year and the year after. That's the reality. This crisis has got worse every Every single and if you and if you want to change that in government, you could very well be looking to go into coalition with Niall Collins's party. Look, our, our job, as I mentioned to you earlier on, when the election come, our job is to field uh, uh, as many candidates as we can to win the hearts and minds of the Irish people and to have a an, a, a government if we so if we can without either Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael. And, and wipe out the and Green Party if Matt Carthy is to be believed. That's not. That's not what we want to do. Is put our foot forward because we know the best way of actually delivering for this country, right. ending the crisis that has been created under, under Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil in housing and health is to have a Sinn Féin-led government. The best option here is to have a government without Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. A, a mighty achievement if it was to happen the first time in 100 years, but that's up to the electorate. Right. And after the votes are counted and the votes are cast, we'll sit down with anybody on the basis of delivering for change. That's right. the key issue. Alison O'Connor, where do Fianna Fáil go from here? I, I know Niall Collins, and we'll come to you in a minute, what, what you would say on this, mm. but from the outside observer, where do they go from here with Michal yeah, Martin? Treating to the wings. Yeah, I'm struck as we can hear the the sound. I don't know how big the protest is, but we can hear them outside here, outside Boswell's. And I know that that Leo Radker has just his TDs and senators went um, were outside waiting for him to, to cheer him on, congratulate him before he went to, off to Oris and Uktron. But it's, I mean, perhaps this isn't a surprise, but there is there is no honeymoon <laughs> whatsoever um, f for him as Thishik and for the government. And I know that uh, Richard uh, Bruton. Try, with your line of questioning on uh, on the on the leak, um, you know, tried to bat that off, but it won't be batted off, and I think it's very legitimate uh, ground for for Sinn Fein to be to be going on the, on the attack on. Uh, you have asked about Fianna Fáil there. I mean, I smile when I hear Niall say that he backs Michal Martin fully and to the to the next election, and he may, he may he may well do, and we'll we'll take him at, at face value, but Fianna Fáil. You're very welcome. It is the season of goodwill now. Uh, Fianna Fáil, after all, Micheál Martin, quite incredibly, comes September, will be going into, if I've calculated correctly, his 13th year as, as Fianna Fáil leader, which is extraordinary. And any of us who watch politics know that there is a certain group within Fianna Fáil who need very little encouragement to start behaving like ferrets in a sack. So I think that while you could stand back ostensibly say, look at Micheál Martin's ratings as Taoiseach and compare them as you did earlier to the to the party and the huge gap that is there is their largest um, asset. But yet it's an incredibly long time to be leader of, of a party. If he was to be leader into the next election, I mean, you'd be almost record breaking after after Eamon de Valera. And my own sense of it and having observed it is that there's going to be a lot of unrest okay. and they're and, going to start and, and moving, he, on, moving on him pretty quickly. And is he for Fianna Fáil the single biggest block to coalition with Sinn Féin? 
Not anymore, no. I mean, because I think he has... Um, I mean, I think that Fianna Fáil would have a problem going in with Sinn Féin if they were the smaller party. You know, I think that there would be more resistance there. But then the other way of looking at that is that if they want to be in government, if you want to be in government, you want power, you're desperate for that, you start looking at things very differently. Right, Niall Collins, you're sure you're not going to tell us here anyway whether you're contemplating going in as a smaller party. But what are your views on that? And well, look, I mean, first of all, we'll enter, we'll do the next two years in government. This is a good government is working, as I've already outlined, huge programme of delivery right across all of the areas enshrined within the programme for government. Uh, I want to take issue with what Pierce said in relation to commencements dropping off a cliff, just patently not true, Pierce. Um, this time last year, in the month of November, there was 2,112 commencements. And in November just passed, it was 2,402 commencements. So it hasn't fallen off a cliff. In the last, uh, since the summer, they have. They've gone down I, by I'm 8, the, the month of November had a 14% increase over the month of November of last year. So, you know, you, could, you can dress it up whatever which way you want. Housing delivery is a key priority and it's happening. And I, and I want to thank you, Erdogan, for your standing ovation for Hall Martin. I think it was very decent of you to, to recognise that he's made a huge contribution to, to the running of the country over the last two years. We'll do our two years, Cullum. Uh, we will face the electorate as a, as a political party, a standalone political party. We will set out our programme, um, our election manifesto, our programme. We'll, we'll stand on our own track record. We'll offer ourselves for election. The people will decide what they want. And my own personal view, we haven't discussed this as a parliamentary party or indeed our wider uh, party or organisation membership haven't discussed it. But I, I would envisage that uh, the, the position uh, will be arrived at where we will discuss um, options after the next election with everybody. I, I think that's that's my own personal view. We don't have a party position on it. When, when will you next talk about leadership? The le there's no leadership issue within Fianna Fáil. As I've already said to you, Michal Martin is the leader. I think he's a huge, uh, he's a huge asset for our party. For, for the very reasons that I've outlined, the public have huge confidence in Michal Martin. He is a politician of immense experience, uh, of, of huge depth of experience, both um, locally, nationally and, and internationally. Um, despite what Alison has said in, term of, in terms of his longevity as, a, as the leader of Fianna Fáil, we're, we're living in different political times now. I mean, the old political order has changed both here in this country and right across Europe. So, you know, the old... Uh, the sure, old, I, I think uh, 90 years ago when this happened to the handover of power, there were pistols and pockets across the road and, yeah, and so we're not in that politics, situation politics anymore. Politics has changed, but Michal Martin is a huge, huge asset to the Fianna Fáil party oh. and to the country. You're, you're the only junior minister or indeed minister at all who has advanced to us to uh, come in and join the political panel today. Is that a sign that there's confidence you're going to retain the role you're in? Sure, look, I mean, we'll, we, we'll know in due course. I mean, everybody who, who uh, has the privilege and the honour to serve in Dáil Éireann obviously aspires to, to uh, further office if that, be, if that becomes available, and that's the choice of the party leader. All right. OK, well, we'll have more after this. Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1. You're welcome back. Coming to you today from Buswell's Hotel beside Leinster House. And in case you're just joining us, the status of the Dáil at present is that they're on a sus. Leo Varadkar should right now be meeting President Michael D. Higgins to receive his seal of office as Taoiseach and he'll arrive back in a short while when he's expected to start calling his ministers. And we're going to turn now to the Greens and Pippa Hackett, uh, Minister of State, is here with us in studio. Um, the fate of every political party from the PDs to indeed people who entered government with larger amounts of TDs like the Labour Party has not been good uh, during the lifetime of a coalition. How do you feel things are going at the halfway point? Well, we've certainly been one of those parties who who, who has suffered, you know, that, uh, I suppose, decimation uh, back um 
when we lost our six or six or seven TDs at the time, and you know we had no TDs, and then we got back in in 20, 2016 with two, and we've built up since then. I think look. I think we're a 40-year-old party, um, and I think the messaging we've been we've been putting out 40 years ago, so much of it still resonates today. You know, it's about um, you know environmental concern, it's about social justice, it's about fairness, equality, and all of that. And I think more and more people are resonating with that message. Right. And I think that's it, why we are where we are. It has to be about effectiveness too, doesn't it? And the climate action plan is still not across the line yet, even though it was supposed to be in place before uh, COP. Yeah, well, I, look, it was probably a bit of a stretch to have had it in place before COP, which was sort of early November. But uh, look, it's 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 it'll be it'll be fine. What was the barrier? Um, it just it's it's a challenging space. It's a it's a difficult space to agree. And you know, we're looking for system change across the board, um, and and every single department has a role to play. I mean, obviously, we tend to focus on energy. We focus on on um, transport and agriculture. But I mean, even the construction sector isn't you know, and we are up against it in terms of delivering um, housing. But if you want to decarbonize construction, you're going to have to look at other elements like using more timber, for example. And look, well, that's one of my ministerial responsibilities at the moment is um, is forestry and, and, and you know there's a whole plethora of things we need to get into but, but when you say plan. it's challenging to agree where is the disagreement coming from well it's just again it's about getting that movement we're talking about you know if we're talking about trying to get people to, to be less reliant on their cars and use public transport you know we've, we've made some massive strides in that I mean for the first time ever we've reduced for example public transport rates and that, that has seen more people use public transport you know that's a simple sort of proactive mechanism that we've introduced and it has seen people Look, obviously, pressures from from the costs of, of diesel and petrol have had an impact there also. But it's about trying to affect that change in a positive way. You know, we don't want to be stick. We really need to be putting carrots in place. And I suppose we've tried to do that. If you look within agriculture as well, um, you know, we're, we're formulating. We've probably got the greenest common agricultural policy strategic plan ever. Um, and it's about rewarding farmers for for you know doing good things for the environment on their farm. And, and we're looking at things like results based models where where farmers are rewarded awarded for the result. Prior to this, it was always an action base. You got the money if you did this, regardless of what, what the outcome were. You know, we're looking at enhancing things like, um, you know, forestry. We, we are off our targets on forestry and we have to... And when you say you're looking at doing those things, as I say, what, what are the barriers? Where are the barriers within government, I suppose, that stops you making further progress on that? Well, I mean, we're putting in place, I mean, f sometimes it's financial and look, we have secured significant budgets now. I mean, the last two years... And sometimes of, it's... Sometimes it's just the will, you know, will of people. People, will, of, will, will of who? Will of, will of people on the ground, will of farm organisations, for example, in, in agriculture to engage engage with that and, you know, and, and to be honest, truly represent their farmer, their farm members. And that hasn't always been the case. That has been a barrier. Um, but I mean, I think in terms of um, other aspects such as, um, you know, energy. Well, just hold that thought there because Piers Doherty, your party colleague, Matt, uh, Matt Carthy, was speaking to the ICMSA mm. and was playing to the crowd when he said he hoped for the Green Party to be wiped out. <laughs> I think, uh, look, as I said earlier on, the, the, the key thing for Sinn Féin is to put our own uh, foot forward. Um, but we have... I know, but what's... Let, 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 let me clear. What let constituency me, let me was he playing to there when no, he was no, hoping no. for the Green Party to be wiped well, out? 
Uh, do you accept the arguments that agriculture need, does need to get greener or is it about unchallengingly seeking the votes of the farmer? community? My character is very clear in terms of, of course, agriculture has to get cleaner, greener. But, but but the issue here in terms of the Green Party and where I'm disappointed in terms of the Green Party, if I'm to cast judgment in another party, is that I, I believe that some of the values that they have, that they have, they have left behind them going into government buildings uh, on very key issues. And I think some of the lecturing and in relation to, uh, you know, for example, carbon taxes, which, you know, aren't have the effect that they're supposed to have but are just punishing people. We have a situation at the minute, look at the temperatures that are outside. Home heating oil uh, is, is at you know record highs um, over the last period. It is how two-thirds of the of homes in my county, right across McCarthy's constituency, right across the West Coast, heat their homes. There is no support whatsoever for any family using home heating oil and all that has happened as a result of Green Party ideology is to increase the cost of home heating oil, which they're planning to do again next May. So when you have type of policies like that there that that fail to recognise where the lived experience of ordinary people are at, then you get comments. Do you believe in behavioural change? Absolutely. I've, I've how advocate, would you achieve it? I've advocated. How would you achieve people we, to come off home heating oil then and and and, and replace it with alternatives? What incentives see, this would is you exactly where, funding? where 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 Pepe is right because it needs to be far more carrot but there isn't enough carrot like so we have like a in terms of retrofitting schemes that aren't the first of all that you have a two-year delay and then those that aren't on the very lower incomes simply can't afford the to, 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 to contribute to those type of schemes so Darren O'Rourke Sorry. on behalf of Sinn Féin has put forward a, a different alternative type of retrofitting with actually additional f- f- um, support from the state that would actually benefit more families to be able to right. avail of that. Installed by what workers before we go back to Pippa? Well again this this is where you have a lack of, lack of joint up thinking in, in terms of uh, future planning. But that is that right. it is construction workers. It is people that that we need to train. Right. Uh, and that's let's, where let, let's bring Pippa Hackett back it's in there. It's quite the charge sheet. There, well, there's a number of issues there, and actually maybe to go back to, to Matt Carthy's um, you know uh, aspirations to, to have no Green Party TDs. I mean, in one sense, and and you know the mask slipped yet again with Sinn Fein because we've been waiting and waiting and waiting to see where Sinn Fein stand on things like climate action. Indeed, Russian Fein stand on things like biodiversity. But I mean, even when we were agreeing the carbon budgets in the middle of this year, Sinn Fein didn't come out one way or the other to nail their 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 colours to the mast. They sat on the side, sat on the wings, and 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 were friends to everyone, but really, you know, friendless in one sense because they, they weren't delivering really at all anything that was tangible for anyone. Um, the carbon tax as Pierce well knows, is ring-fenced and a good proportion of that goes to retrofitting homes of people who are most vulnerable, so they don't have to put their hands There's in their pockets. There's a two-year waiting list. No, no, the, the local, authority, the local authorities are rolling out retrofitting. I've had the privilege to visit a number of homes in my own constituency across Leach and Offaly, and I've met people who've had their homes retrofitted, who are about to get their homes retrofitted, What's the who are waiting list? for... What's the waiting well, list Well, I, I was in, I was in one, one, one housing estate and it was getting done house by house or at different When levels. did they apply? Two or three years ago? Like the this problem is, here is there is, is a waiting list, there is a lack of resources. This is the, this is the um, local authority rollout, and the people who are in those homes could not believe how different their lives, how warm their home was, how warm their homes had become, and how more comfortable their lives. And this is what we are about. We are about making people's okay. lives more comfortable, improving quality of life. And this is the. But Pippa, the see when the temperatures are minus five tonight, and you're in a home of a low-income individual in West Donegal who has home heating oil. Your party has forced the cost of them to keep them 
themselves warm and safe this winter higher and higher and higher. And you've no regret about that whatsoever. And Here's what about when the temperatures during the summer are hitting 40 degrees in some European cities? Uh, that's the flip side of it. And Sinn Féin, as Pippa rightly said, at best is dissembling on where it stands on, on climate and does that from every angle. And I think that the reality is if Sinn Féin do end up in government the next time, that all those carrots that have been given out, there's going to have to be sticks, if only for the sake of the environment and for the, for the planet, in behind that, so that it will have been a dishonesty to to people uh, who may have voted for the party. Because right. so, there can Alison, be no Alison, other. If you Here's, think, no, no, you put the question to me. So, if you Very think that it's, that it's that the appropriate response is just to increase home heat oil over and over and over again without giving people the resources, which we have argued for additional resources, yeah. we supported the climate it's a separate uh, the, argument. The climate right. a separate okay. argument. You would like to turn it into a different resources is a separate no, argument. No, it's, it's actually but how I would also very briefly, okay. if I could very briefly say, we saw with the emissions during the summer um, in terms of Fine Gael and even some Fine Fallers in terms of agriculture, it shows that for the environment, the importance right now of the three government parties getting All on right. and for that green agenda to be pushed through is really well, important. We have to go back and get the latest from Barry Lenehan, uh, our reporter. Barry Lenehan, the uh, people who may not be sitting comfortably in their homes at the moment are people who aspire to ministerial seats. Any rumours, any intelligence on that front? Uh, Leo Varadkar officially received his seal of office from President Michael D. Higgins. Lots of supporters, as we said earlier around here. Fina Fall TDs there as well, wishing Mr. Varadkar well on his way to the park. Uh, and o- o- others around, smatterings of speculation, uh, smat- uh, smatterings of information. Uh, the informed suggestions from those I spoke to seems that uh, there will be two extra junior ministers appointed or two junior ministers added to the ranks, if you were. Uh, there have been some reservations in government circles that it wouldn't be a good look to create two new positions. Uh, I believe um, talk as well, uh, uh, Alison O'Connor mentioning it there on the programme earlier on about a potential shock or a bombshell announcement of Cabinet. People here, uh, not, not quite sure who that might be, so got off to, to try and figure out a bit more who might that ultimately be, where the shocks might arise, uh, but ultimately a lot of focus as well on the Chief Whip's position and how that might go down. And any any word on Chief Whip, or is it still as was Hildegard Nocton as, as Chief Whip uh, swapping in for Jack Chambers? That's it. It's a poisoned chalice, remember, because five of the last eight chief whips prior to this administration went on to lose their seat at a subsequent election. Now, Hildegard Nocton has still remained the favourite for that position, but two senior federal TDs I spoke to expressed grave reservations uh, around her suitability for the role. I'm sure she would disagree with one saying she may end up collapsing the government, uh, as they colourfully put. But Miss Nocton remains uh, the favourite for that position uh, based largely on, on geography, of course, ability and also gender as well. Peter Burke and Brendan Griffin will be amongst those disappointed should they perhaps be overlooked for promotion. All right. Thanks very much, Barry Lennon. Alison O'Connor, you're caused ructions, apparently. Any, any more intel pinging in on your phone? Hi. No, no more, I'm afraid. High stakes in my credibility, though. <laughs> uh, Pippa Hackett, just before, we are tight on time, but Roderick O'Gorman's brief, do you have any, do you anticipate or do you hope that there at least would be some added help afforded given the number of Ukrainians seeking international protection who have arrived in Ireland? Are more resources, perhaps even more of a ministerial focus needed there? Um, look, I think Roderick has has had the most amazing brief in terms of what it started from and what it became. I think no other no other minister's brief changed so dramatically in such a short time, and he's actually I think he's dealt with the brief in an amazing manner. So, I think I'm sure he would love some some help there. I'm sure he'd love some assistance, but. Uh, 
we'll have to wait and see. All right, okay. Well, that is, uh, we're drawing to a close for today and my thanks to the political panel, Pierce Doherty, Sinn Féin spokesperson on finance and TD for Donegal. Earlier, Richard Bruton, chair of the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party, Niall Collins, Minister of State for Higher, Higher and Further Education, Alison O'Connor, political columnist for the Irish Examiner and Senator Pippa Hackett, uh, Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture. And that's all we have time for today. My thanks to all the guests for taking the time to join us today. Also to our team back at base, Penny Hart, Emma Cawley, Sean Marham and Jamie Doyle and the team here in Boswell's Hotel, David O'Sullivan, Kieran Cullen and Dave Gibson. Today's programme was produced by Regina Henley. That's it from us for this year. Nuno Conagheve Galair. Stay tuned now for Saturday Sport with Des Cahill and John Murray. Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1.